Welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Hello again, everybody, and thank you for joining us on Franklin Radio, WFPR 102.9 FM. We are Kim and Mark. How are you today, Kim? I'm good, Mark. How are you? Everything is great. I'm happy to talk wine with you and our listeners again today. Always nice to chat with you. We've always got so many different things to talk about. We never stop talking about wine (laughs) or drinking it. We'll talk about it today. The first uh, article, Kim, I want to talk with you and our listeners about was how to order wine in a restaurant. We've talked a few times about restaurants. You have extensive knowledge and history of working for restaurants and making wine lists. So we thought we'd just go quickly over a few things of some tips that were hit on this article in Decanter. And then we wanted to also touch on a new study that just came out. Because one of the things, Kim, we hear a lot is when you're looking at the list in a restaurant, which can be very intimidating. I think we've discussed this a few times where even ourselves being in the wine world, when we hold that list, we're like, how are they, you know, what is this? It takes you a little bit to figure out how it's listed, what's on there, how it's divided up, you know, the price points and this and that. And one of the hints always was don't get the cheapest bottle or least expensive. Don't get the most expensive, but get the second cheapest or least expensive on the list. And you've heard that, right, Kim? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there. absolutely. There, It seems like there have been many studies, <laughs> both for and against. And it almost seems like it was this long held secret that there was value in the second least expensive bottle on a wine list. And then there seemed to be this movement to say, oh, no, now restaurants know that everyone is ordering the second least expensive bottle on the menu. So they're going to charge you more like their margins are going to be greater for that wine. So that's kind of been the conventional wisdom for quite a long time that now don't order that not the cheapest, but the second cheapest bottle on the label, because they're going to take advantage of you, the buyer who doesn't really know what the price point could be or should be. Um, And markups generally are a lot higher for restaurant wines than if you were to buy that bottle off of a shelf in a retail store for any number of reasons. But I think it's very interesting that this is sort of another kind of one of these cyclical things that we seem to always be bumping into that at one point it was said, oh, this is a good value buy. And then at another point it said, well, this is the least good value that you're getting. So, so shy away from it. Yeah. And then it just took, you know, a little bit for the restaurants to figure that out and follow the trend and they figured out. And so the second most least expensive wine, they just kind of work, like you said, the marginal higher. So they did a study and it was mostly London wine list. It was, Mm -hmm. but it was pretty extensive. It was like almost 300, 200 wine lists they looked at and they found out that the average markup was 303% on a wine, on a wine list in a restaurant. And we always say it's one to two times, usually two times plus like five bucks if you see it on a retail shelf. Then they found out, which I thought was very interesting, Kim, they found out that the lowest markup or margins restaurants were making were on the least expensive and the most expensive. Yeah. And I could have told you that from restaurant experience. experience. (laughs) Because I mean, because honestly, it's harder to sell those more expensive wines. So if you can mark up what would ordinarily be 
let's say a $10 bottle of wine in a, a retail shop, mark it up to $35 at a restaurant, which for a bottle of wine, I mean, there aren't that many bottles that you can buy a full bottle of at most restaurants that are going to come in at under $25 a bottle or whatnot. But then if you have a bottle that's like like a bottle of Tignanello or something that would go for $160, $175 retail, they're not going to mark that up three times. They might mark it up twice, maybe two and a half, but not the same percentage that they would those more affordable bottles because, you know, they're harder to sell. Honestly, they're harder to get quantity of, so you don't have to move cases and cases of this wine just to kind of make margins. And sometimes it makes sense to have those more expensive bottles on the wine list be more appealing to those people who can pay that extra amount of money. And then they feel like they're actually getting a bargain on that because they know that it could be three times, but it's actually only two times on this wine list. So it feels like a little bit of a something special. So we're talking about how to order the wine at the restaurant. Is it really a mistake or any sort of embarrassment? What price point you pick? I don't think so. And I feel that way both for, I feel this for restaurant and for retail. I mean, there's There's so much intimidation that goes into wine anyway, that having to feel embarrassed because of where your budget is for either the food that you're ordering or the wine that you're ordering. And frankly, if you're at a restaurant and you're ordering a bottle of wine, it's probably a little bit of an indulgence, right? Like this is not a necessity (laughs) that you need to order a bottle of wine at a restaurant. But, you know, people still might have like, okay, I can only spend $100 for this meal. So when you're looking at that wine list, you know, maybe you know that you really only can spend 20, 25 for that bottle of wine. And that probably falls into that lower category, less expensive bottle of wine. But I don't think that people should feel embarrassed with their server for ordering the least expensive. I, for my own personal, you know, I don't have to order the least expensive or the most expensive on the list. And I, I mean, I'm really lucky that I can just order what I want to order, but sometimes there are tricks and that that less expensive bottle on the wine list might be less expensive, not because it is lower quality, but because not that many people know about it. So that middle of the road Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio that they're charging more for, but is a familiar name, they're banking on more people buying that wine because it's familiar. So maybe they're going to stick a bottle of white Bordeaux or a bottle of Fiano or you know a bottle of some unfamiliar white from Spain on that menu for less expensive money. And you could end up getting a better bottle of wine for like 10 or 15 bucks less by going for that less expensive wine. So, you know, it's sometimes it's the psychology of pricing. Sometimes it's the actual economics of pricing, but sometimes it's the market knowing that the more familiar wines will be able to hold that higher price category on a wine list and less expensive or not less expensive, but less familiar things can be charged less for. So let's just give a few more tips, Kim. One of the things that's always highlighted is no matter if you're buying for a group or just, you know, an individual dinner, you always want to talk to the staff and tell them Mm -hmm. what you're 
budget is, maybe what your profile you like is, you're yeah. thinking of having this for the meal, what do they recommend? Especially if it's a psalm, they'll help you, which is, you know, that's really rare. It's mostly high-end restaurants that I ever saw yeah. psalm. But the staff are trained to help you with that wine uh, recommendation too. So yeah. don't I mean, be afraid mo- to talk to them. Especially, I mean, if you're at a good restaurant that trains their staff, and this is where I feel like wine education for restaurant staff is so important because it directly translates into a fun and comfortable experience for you, the diner. If you feel like you can have this conversation with the person who is helping you pick out the wine and you know that they know what they're talking about and they're not just like, well, I like Pinot Grigio, you know, that's not going to help you. (laughs) Like if you have someone who is serving you who knows the wine list, don't feel bad about asking for their recommendations. They want you (laughs) to talk to them about the wine list because they might have some insight into this is on special right now. It's ordinarily, you know, maybe more expensive and is really super awesome. Or, hey, yesterday I tried this wine with this dish and they go so well together. That's part often of restaurant training for better restaurants that have good wine lists. They'll let their staff taste the food and the wine together and then they can be so much better at doing their job and helping you have a wonderful experience in their restaurant. And on so, that point, Ken, yeah. most people will say to the, what's good today? What's soup's good today? What's good today for the specials? But they yeah. don't go to the next level, say what's good for the wine today, yeah. you know? So don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. And they want to help you. And, you know, there are some ways to sort of indicate to them where your price point is. I have actually found that this works both in restaurant and in retail. If you have the wine list open in front of you and you've got your server behind your shoulder and you kind of point to a few things saying, I'm thinking about maybe this one or this one or this one. And they're all a comfortable amount that you would feel like spending. Your server is going to get the point that not only are these the styles you're looking for, but this is kind of how much you want to spend. And that also works in retail. So if if you're shopping in a store and you are not want to spend more than $15 a bottle, point out a few things that are 12 or 13 or 11 or 10, they'll get the hint that you're you're not interested in buying a $30 bottle. That's a great tip. Really good tip. Do do you think people stay away from ordering wine in a restaurant off the list because they feel maybe they're, they're not geeky enough? Or they're afraid of the whole ritual, how it's served. I think that might be part of it. That might encourage people to get a glass of wine as opposed to a bottle of wine. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't that's... know how many people are actually scared of the opening the bottle at the table ritual. Although I think we should talk about that because that is something that I feel still gets people a little freaked out about. But I think people are just more likely to not try something that they're not familiar with to order off of a wine. Folks, it's an And if know something, uh, maybe know some names of different regions or different grape varieties, especially if if they're with a group or they want to impress somebody, you know, I think that a lot of people will dial it back a little bit and just go with something that's comfortable and familiar. So let's talk about that ritual, Kim. You've Mm. you've ordered a bottle, the server or the psalms coming up to you at the table. What are they going to do? What do they want you to to do for them? So the first thing that they are going to do is show you the label and the point of them showing the label is that you need to tell them that, yes, this is the right wine that I ordered. This is the one that I, this is the one that we want to drink because mistakes do happen. 
And sometimes somebody will pull the wrong bottle. You don't want to be ordering a $35 bottle of wine and then have opened for you a $150 bottle of wine <laughs> and have that come as a, uh, a very unpleasant shock when you get the bill. So yes, you need to just look at the label, make sure it's what you ordered. And then usually say it to you, right? They'll say, so, yes, and sometimes the they'll repeat, Jackson like, you ordered Chardonnay. the blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. So make you just got to make sure that it's the right bottle that you ordered. And then you nod to them and be like, yes, that's fine. You may now go ahead and open that bottle of wine for me. I do want to say a, a little thing about vintage here. Unless a wine list is reprinted fairly frequently, there probably will be inconsistencies with vintage on the wine list if vintages are listed. So some wines, the vintage matters more than others. I mean, I like to say, you know, if you're ordering a bottle of New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc and it says 2018 on the wine list and you get a 2020, don't worry about it. <laughs> like you, for those kinds of wines, you want the fresher, the younger, the better. You really, I think, only have to be very aware of the vintages if you are ordering something super special that has a difference between one vintage or the other, or if you're ordering something particularly old and you know you want that older bottle, or on the flip side, if you order something that's only a couple of years old and they bring you something that's like 10 or 15 years old, like that's a problem. But otherwise, and I think for most restaurants, unless you're talking about relatively high-end restaurants, vintage is something that doesn't necessarily matter as much. So they tell you the wine, they then will put the cork usually on the table for you. Do, what, what's your opinion and advice if they give you the cork or put the cork down? Do don't you, worry about the cork. <laughs> you say you're in the don't worry. Part. I'm in the don't pay any attention yeah. to the cork. <laughs> the only tip I always had on that was, again, it, it matters if the cork is one where the producer puts their name on the cork. Try to Catch a look if it says Kendall Jackson on the cork and you ordered Kendall Jackson wine because, you know, there could be something where they might recork. You don't know. So, I mean, I've heard stories about that, but I mean, I think it's it's very rare. But like at what but, price point? I mean, are you worried about getting a, a fraudulent bottle of Kendall Jackson Chardonnay? No, no. I'm saying if you're spending good money on something, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. taking an if it's one of those special bottles, and yeah. they open it up and it's, you know, it says Morgan David on the cork, you know, you got to be careful. So you wouldn't smell the cork or pick it up and touch it or anything. No, no. The cork's All not right. really going to tell you anything. Other, so other now, wine professionals will tell you the opposite, but the, the cork's not going to tell you anything. So now the next ritual, they, they'll usually pour you a little bit. Whoever right. orders gets poured a sample. Right. And, and, and is, this is where sometimes it gets a little tricky because maybe you are a young woman and you order the bottle of wine and in a more traditional restaurant, they might try to do this whole production with somebody else at the table. Be firm and tell them that, no, I ordered the wine. I am doing the tasting. I, ha I still have to do it. <laughs> well, the, it doesn't. Whoever ordered it is supposed to the protocols. Yes, the and sometimes the taste, that right? doesn't happen. It happened to me five days ago. Really? I ordered but, a bottle of wine. But sir, and, and if if I'm ordering and you're sitting, you still get served first. That's the, I, that's I the ordered a bottle of wine and the guy came to the table and tried doing the presentation to my father-in-law. Oh. So it still happens. Wow. Yes. And he knew you ordered it. Oh, yes. Same yeah. guy. Yes. No. Did he, did he, did he <laughs> serve the And that's when I, I spoke up and I'm like, no, 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 I'm tasting. Got to do it to me. Yeah. Still happens. So they pour a sample. You should test it. Taste mm -hmm. it. So you want to sure. smell it and make sure it doesn't taste or it doesn't smell corky. 
Uh, but that's a difficult thing, I think, for people with less experience smelling and tasting wine to know what you're looking for. So you want it to not smell kind of musty, moldy, basementy smell. That's one of the you know real indicators of a corked bottle. You also don't want it to smell like vinegar or too old, but sometimes it's gray area of does this smell like the wine is supposed to smell or does this smell like there's a problem with it? So if you're ordering something that you've had before, I would think that most people would kind of be familiar with what the smell and the taste of a bottle is that they're that they're familiar with. But if it's a brand new wine to you and you've never had it before and you think that there's something kind of weird or off about the wine, there's no problem in asking your server to take a smell or to take a taste and to let you know if they feel like that bottle is sound. Because it might just be the style. You know, it might just be a different style of wine that you've never had before and that you don't know if that's the right way that it's supposed to smell and taste. That's where I wanted to go next. So you you taste it or you smell in it and you don't think it's what you wanted. You don't like it or it's bad. How do you go about complaining? There's a difference. In a nice way. Okay, if so if bad, it's faulty and yeah. you, you tell them there's a fault, they should, yep. without a doubt, believe you. Yes. Right. They should take that bottle away and they should bring you a replacement bottle of that same wine. If you just don't like the wine, you're kind do of you still say, stuck with it. Do you say, <laughs> okay, that's what I was going to say. Now, yeah. if I, if it's not my style of wine, but it's not defective, can they, can you just say simply, it's not the style I thought it won't really match my food and you won't have as hot of a time getting a replacement? I think you're going to have a harder time convincing them to suck up the cost of that open bottle of wine than you would if it were faulty. I think See? some restaurants will take it back and will give you something different as just appealing to good customer service. But if you order a bottle and you just don't like it, it's not your style, but there's nothing wrong with it. You gotta I think, you it. know, you can try to not take it, but I think it's kind of rude personally, but I also don't think that they have any obligation to eat the cost of that wine because that, oh, just opening that bottle probably cost them however many dozens of dollars. That, and now you don't like it and they can't like recork it and give it to somebody else. They can do other things with it, but they've now lost money on that bottle just because you don't like it. That's interesting. Interesting point of view there, Kim. You got kind of- You I think a restaurant should always that. take it back if you don't like the wine? I think so. Just because you're going to order another bottle and- Says who? But- Thinking on the retail side, be I don't have I can't do that. So I guess it's the same thing. I'm just kind what of. What do you thinking, mean you can't? Like you can't take a bottle back from somebody well, just because they you, say they don't like it. If you, yeah, you can't just bring a bottle back because you right. don't like it and want your money back. It has to be faulty. So I see yeah. now I'm seeing yeah the restaurant should be the same way. Yeah, I kind of feel like they should be. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are some places that really want to give you a really positive experience. And so they will say, okay, you know, they'll take it back. Maybe they'll do something else with it. Maybe they'll pour it by the glass at the bar, you know, some way to recoup the cost of it. But yeah, I'm well, less, I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I would only send a bottle back. Yeah. I if couldn't a personally fault. do it. I couldn't do yeah, it. But I wouldn't I mean, do there's it people I'm sure they can do it very easily. I have my, like my number one tip when I order in a, in a restaurant, what's your number one tip when you're looking at the list? What Ooh, recommendation? Goodness. I don't think I have a number one tip. Um, um, well, let me tell you mine. You tell me mine. Do you thing. tell me yours? And I'll see, <laughs> I'll see if mine My thing is restaurants a lot of times can only get certain wines for themselves. It's not something you find in retail. So if you see something and you've never seen it before, ask that question. Is this a restaurant allocated ah. only wine or is this a private label 
for you only, that type of thing. A lot of times there might be a Chardonnay that it's just, for instance, use Kendall Jackson. It's a Kendall Jackson Chardonnay, but it's a different uh, label or different name on it that you've never seen before. It's probably still Kendall Jackson Chardonnay that they're only given to that restaurant, but it's something you're not going to get in retail. So I take a chance looking for things I know either I've never seen or I cannot buy as a retailer. So I don't feel as bad if it's mocked up two, three times because I can't get it anyway. So I kind of have that attitude when I look at the list. So you still don't have Mm. one. No, I do have one, but it requires you to have a little bit more knowledge of wine, which I think for some people can be. Is it regions or? Um, It's more like choosing things that are kind of off the beaten path. Yeah. So, you know, don't order the Pinot Noir. Don't order the Chardonnay. Don't order the New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Yeah. So do something a little unusual. But like we said before, you know, take advantage of the knowledge that your server has. So you can ask them, you're like, I like New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. What else do you have on the list that you think I might like? And they might give you a Verdejo from Spain or something kind of funky from Portugal or something from Greece or something that is a great variety that maybe you've never had before, but that they have found and that they're really excited about. And because it's less familiar, chances are they will have put it on the wine list at a little bit of a lower price point. They wouldn't have marked it up that whole amount than they would at Oyster Bay Chardonnay because I mean, or Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc because everybody knows Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc. So think of using your server as a resource. And generally, if they're getting excited about the food, they'll get excited about the wine too. And they're not just going to try to get you to buy the most expensive thing on the list. They're really there to help you. And their job is to make you have a good dining experience. So I would say take advantage of your server's knowledge. What about this, Kim? You're going out, you're hosting, say, a work group, or you're trying to impress clients. You're going to order the wine. The rule is the person you're buying for the group, so you're going to order the wine. Do you think you should ask the guests what they're having? Or do you just a lot of times people just buy the most expensive thing to to impress the clients, mm-hmm. right? But what if the client is having fish and you're ordering Tignanello or you're ordering some super heavy Napa cab to yeah. impress them? Should you ask the guests? Like when you were buying for your family, did you say, what is everyone having tonight? Or did you notice what they had before you made your wine? Yeah, I mean, situation? sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I think often it depends on the wine list. Like if it is a wine list that maybe doesn't have a lot of really stellar options and you're not necessarily comfortable ordering something that would go really well with people's meal, then I would just order something that I know is good so that everyone is getting a good bottle of wine. I mean, there are so few absolutely horrific pairings for food and wine. Like the other night I had Cabernet with chicken piccata and it was just fine. (laughs) Like it was, you wouldn't necessarily think of pairing Cabernet with chicken piccata, but not a problem. So when you were educating the wait staff, Did you ever educate them if a guest ordered for a lot of people and they just ordered something that was not going to work with the food? Are they ever trained to say you might not want that wine? I think it depends on the group, honestly. And like if you've got 10 people, they're probably all going to be ordering different things. And in that case, it's like order a red and order a white and then people will have a glass of either what they like more or what's going to go better with their food. But I mean, if it's you and two other friends or, you know, a particularly small group, then yeah, then I think you should have a conversation 
about, hey, should we do white or should we do red? I I don't think there's anything wrong with having that conversation. And there's going to be, hopefully there would be good things in all those categories. But if you've got a larger group, I would say six or more, and everyone is going to have wine, order two bottles of wine, get a red and a white, and then hopefully you'll make everybody happy. It just seems so rare. You hear more often people just, you know, I was out to dinner and the they bought me the most expensive yeah. bottle on the, and they're just impressed by that. They never say, you know, it paired well with. Oh yeah. Ordered, and I, and I think that I mean? that is, you know, if someone is taking a group out trying to show, you know, they show up, they're going to buy something. Usually that means a bottle of big, heavy red. You're lucky if you're going to a steakhouse because chances are <laughs> people are ordering meat dishes, so it'll go. But if you're at a lobster shack, Maybe not a shack, but a seafood restaurant. That can be a little bit harder depending on what people are ordering. That's why I think the conversation is good. But I think you're right that for a lot of people, it's less about the flavor of the wine. It's less about how is this going to be harmonious on the table with the food. And it's more about I can impress you with my knowledge or my bank account. So one of the things we didn't really talk about that was mentioned in this decanter article was avoiding embarrassment. Do you think there's any situation if you're ordering the wine that you would be embarrassed? I think a lot of people are embarrassed to talk about how much they want to spend on a bottle. So I think the cost of a particular bottle of wine, if say you only can spend say $30 for a bottle and the server is only recommending things that are higher than you can spend, then yeah, I think there's a, a, a lot of embarrassment that can be put on you in those situations. But I think also the embarrassment of just not knowing. Like if you go into a restaurant that is has a wine list that is full of wines that are completely unfamiliar to you, some people don't want to ask for help. There's embarrassment to admit that you don't know something. We all know people who will not ask for help for anything. They want to just seem like they know everything. And so they're not going to ask for a recommendation because they feel like they should be putting forth this persona of I know everything. So I think that that is part of the potential for embarrassment too, is if somebody wants to feel like they know everything, then why would they ask for a recommendation? They're supposed to know all the wines on the wine list. The other thing I wanted to ask you real quick too, Kim, was what's the etiquette of the restaurant when, like I order a bottle, say this, me, me and my wife, I order a bottle, they pour us a glass, they keep coming over and they keep refilling the glass, right? What if I, I have leftover wine? Is it still uh, proper for the guests to ask for the, is they still have the wine doggy bag where they seal yeah. it up and you can take yep. it with you? Yep. That's still a thing. So is the staff required to ask like they always ask me for my food. Do you want to take? Yeah, your food do you want to home? take it home? You know, but they like to put that wine in my glass more than ask me if I want to take yeah. that bottle home. You I don't think that? I have ever had anyone ask me, "Do you want to take that wine home?" Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking of. I never had that asked. I but... think it's like one of those secret things. Like you're just supposed to know that you can take the bottle home. I have to say that when I was at Legals, we never, ever, ever talked about offering to, bu- you know package up somebody's wine to take home. But but you had the official bag. We had the bag. Put it in and yeah. seal it, right? Uh-huh. So that's the we rule never now. Talked it has, about to, it. has to be put in a bag and sealed yeah. when you leave. Yeah, with the receipt. So it has to be sealed so that you they would, you so that, you know, if you got pulled over, the cops would know if you opened that bottle in the car. So it has to have the receipt stapled to it. And it has to be kind of like when you, when you do mailings and there's that right. very particular super sticky stuff that seals up the bag. So it's a, a very particular, you can't just put it in like a Ziploc bag. It's a special bag. That should be a tip for our listeners. If you 
usually just buy a glass, but you might want to try a bottle. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to drink the whole thing. Be aware that it might be more economical for you to buy that bottle and take it home than to mm-hmm. pay 20 bucks for the bottle instead of 12 bucks for the glass type of thing and just take it home and enjoy the rest at home. Thank you for listening to us today on The Wonderful World of Wine. We've been your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone. You can find Mark's information at franklinliquors.com and more information about myself at vinitaswineworks.com. As always, visit us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Please leave us your questions and comments. And you can find our past episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Cheers. Cheers.